And it is with Lime Podcast. I'm your host, Paulie G. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at listen to Paulie G, P A U L I E G. And what an interesting um, episode we have for you today. I'm joined by Belinda, who has just recently come out of hospital. Yes, um, uh, somebody that was infected indeed with COVID 19. Belinda, so, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story today. No problems at all, Paulie. Um, I guess we'll start at the beginning and um, you can talk about sort of how, how it started and, and what you know, because I think there's still not an actual idea of exactly where it came from. It wasn't like you travelled overseas or it was, it was a community to community spread. Um, and let the listeners know about how you even came to, to realise that you had uh, or you could have COVID-19. Okay, so um, my case is a little bit different than everyone else in that I was asymptomatic until I was relatively sick. So um, by relatively sick, I also mean not that bad, but um, because of some pre-existing health conditions and um, some stuff that I know that I'm prone to, I was able to detect some of the signs quite easily. So I'd had no flu, I'd had no Mm. fever, I'd had like a little sore throat one morning, but I kind of put that down to the fact that I'd actually left my window open and it got cold overnight and it went away. So, you know, um, yeah, so very normal sort of stuff. Um, And then um, I was at home on um, like Saturday night and I started just to feel really kind of heavy in the chest. And um, I've had pneumonia a couple of times before. Um, Just I'm prone to respiratory stuff and I've had walking pneumonia and all those sorts of things. So I, um, you know, started to feel a bit heavy and I was like, oh, that feels kind of like what it did when I had pneumonia. So I kind of left it overnight just um, to see if it got any better. And when it didn't, I went into the hospital the next day just because obviously pneumonia is not something to be um, complacent about. And were you worried (laughs) about going in, not because you think you've got COVID, but just because hospitals could be a hot spot for it and, you know, oh, I'd rather yeah, stay kind away. Of that. Like I was even kind of joking even with the nurses as I went in. I was just because also because some of the symptoms I represented with meant that I had to go to the place where they were keeping all the COVID people. Right. Um, so I was just kind of like, well, even if I don't have it yet, I'm You're possibly going to gonna have it by the time <laughs> I leave. So, um, I mean, but their, their measures were amazing. Like they were really diligent about keeping everyone separate and um, and their procedures had changed as well. And they were really great at explaining about why they were doing the things that they were doing. Like, yeah. obviously, they put masks on and all their gear on um, before they'd come in and see me. And and they'd also, like previously, um, people, doctors and nurses, you know, when you're in emergency and all those sorts of things, they often come in and out a lot just to do things and yeah. do things quite quickly. Whereas this time it was much different and they were like they'd come in, they'd stay for longer, they'd do a whole lot of things at the one time uh, and then they'd leave. So um, then, you know, you spent a lot of time kind of just sitting there by yourself, but you kind of do that in hospitals anyway. Yeah, true. Yeah, so um, while I was there, they'd checked a few things, obviously gave me an X-ray and uh, found that I had pneumonia in my left lung. And so because I had pneumonia, they then had to test for COVID. So... um, that test is an interesting one. For I wanted to, to yeah, I wanted to ask you because I've heard it can be quite painful. Uh, it's not painful. It's really weird, and and the um, nurse maybe. actually told me I was quite stoic because you know <laughs> quite a few people freak out and they cry or anything like that because basically it's a really massive, long um, 
thing that they put like down your nasal type. cavity and it goes right back to Ooh. the back of your throat, which yeah, is no actually thanks. quite long. Like, it doesn't feel like it would be that long, but it's quite long. And because um, of how I presented, I had to have one for COVID, but also for influenza A. So they had to do one oh, in wow. each nostril. Oh. It kind of makes you feel like you want to sneeze and oh. scratch the inside of your nasal cavity. I'm um, thinking a nose your equivalent. eyes kind of go a bit watery, or mine did. Um, but, yeah, it's it can be a little bit overwhelming for people that have never had something like that before. A nose so, equivalent of <laughs> clockwork orange. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah. You just kind of go, is this going up into my brain? Like, oh. it's not like it's going so far, but yeah. but it's not. It's really just going down your nasal cavity. So, um, yeah, you learn how, how long your nasal cavity really is. Oh, wow. So you survived that and you actually <laughs> yes, do, do quite well. And then the test gets sent away and how long does it take before you find out so well with mine um mine took uh two days to come back so they were saying at the time that it could take anywhere from three to four because um one of the things so my symptoms and stuff it actually came relatively early um in this whole crisis and all that sort of stuff so um i'm kind of grateful that it came as early as it did because um i kind of got into the system before it was um you know, overloaded with a whole lot of people needing to do tests and all that sort of stuff. But even then they were saying, you know, it was usually around two days, but it could be as much as three or four just because the amount had been starting to, to increase. Um, But so then in the meantime, then I had to stay in hospital because they also had to treat my pneumonia as well. So um, I stayed in hospital until I got the positive result um, and they kind of section you off in a, in a COVID ward. Uh, while we were waiting for the results. Um, And then once it came back positive, they then took a couple of days to kind of figure out what to do with me. Because also by the time um, my result came back, I was pretty much back to normal health. So um, thankfully the antibiotics and everything that they'd put me on were working really well. And so like from Sunday through to Tuesday, when I actually got um, the negative result, by Tuesday afternoon, I was feeling pretty much back to my normal self. So the pneumonia had cleared and then basically I was a relatively healthy person waiting around in hospital to yeah, then wow. find out what we did next. So the treatment was for the pneumonia because you were asymptomatic to actual the, the Yes, yeah, so because I didn't have anything else, they didn't have to treat anything else. Yeah. Um, so it was just about getting the fluid off my lungs. And so what, were you able to leave soon after that? What was the next step? No, so it was still another three days before I could leave. Oh, wow. um, So, you know, because they had to consider what to do with me and how to then manage me. So because they had hesitations about sending me home Mm. um, so that I wouldn't infect everybody else. Although we had kind of just gone, well, chances are if they were infected, they were already infected. It's too late. So, um, but just on the off chance that they weren't. And also, you know, they were... um, wanting to know about things like, you know, well, where can you stay? Because obviously I had to then go into isolation, meaning that I could only be in my bedroom, in the bathroom, and then outside. Um, And then I would have to obviously wipe everything down, be really Mm. diligent about not seeing people, not touching anything. And if I did touch something about then wiping it down afterwards so that I didn't spread anything. Um, And for us, you know, even they were hesitant at first because our house only has one bathroom. So, um, obviously that's one of the places where it's very easy to touch everything. Yeah. So they were concerned about sending me home and then that would be kind of the hotspot for transmission in the house. But once, um, we do have a second toilet. So it meant that the, the boys in the house had to go to the other bathroom and it just, um, they gave some really practical hints like, um, just, 
for me having a shower just to be the last one in the day that does that. Oh, Everyone enough. else goes first. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, after I had my shower, I then just had to um, clean down anything that I had touched in the shower and the bathroom and stuff. So you just, you, by doing that, it was quite manageable. And um, because of how my house is laid out, it was also quite easy for me to be in my room and then go outside and sit outside for a, a little bit because otherwise I would have gone quite stir crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it wasn't too bad. So, I mean, there was definitely challenges coming home and then being in isolation. So, you know, my son is 13 and it was just quite sad that he'd have to stand at the door and couldn't even couldn't give me a hug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> couldn't take, you know, they'd make food and then have to kind of drop it at the door. Um, <laughs> so that they didn't come in. Um, and and you yeah, have no like, symptoms at this point. You're not sick. No, none, none at all. So, you know, it was a healthy woman stuck on her bed yeah. <laughs> for about a week. Crazy. And that, did they say, did they know, like, well, the transmission, it could go until this state? Um, not specifically. They didn't give me information about that. More what they were saying was... Um, because I had been in hospital, then the rule was just that you needed to be in isolation 10 days after you got home. Yeah, okay. Uh, from, yeah, so, uh, but even as um, I was in isolation and I was getting calls from New South Wales Health a couple of times, um, but the information kind of even changed over that time. So by the time I was released on the Sunday, I'd actually had a call on the Friday saying, well, we've kind of, you know, changed the rules a little bit and it's supposed to be, um, 10 days from your first symptom and three days without any symptoms. So, so you've already like, passed it. I'd already passed it, like, you know, <laughs> by almost a week. So kind of I had met that criteria by about Tuesday of the first week that I was home and in isolation. But um, just to be sure and to make sure everyone was safe, we did decide that, like, I'd still stay in isolation until the Sunday. Um, but once I got that call on the Friday, it did mean that uh, we weren't quite as stringent about me walking through communal areas. So, yeah. um, you know, when I was walking through communal areas before, like I'd either do it really quickly or I'd do it when, when no one was there. Um, I didn't do the mask thing. They did say to do the mask, but because of the layout of our house, like I didn't even come within 1.5 metres if I did to. walk in people's yeah. in, in main rooms. Um, so once that was done though, like, I was just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not even going to consider that as much anymore. I still didn't do any food prep. I still stayed in my room as much as I could. Um, and was still, you know, as diligent about wiping things down, but, um, yes, I was very happy to come out of isolation. <laughs> and yeah. And you're back working, but only from home, right? Explain a bit about all that side of things. Yeah. So, um, I am... I work in a um, what's considered a essential essential services. That's the one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but uh, because of you know the risk to my workplace and all that sort of stuff, I um, can't return until I have a negative test. Um, where that's uh, so you've got to go do of, the test again. Yuck. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, however, that's actually kind of up until this point has turned out to be quite difficult because I don't have any symptoms. So therefore don't meet the criteria for getting tested again. Okay. Um, well, that, so- that's very interesting because obviously, um, you know, with all this talk about, I know there is limited tests and they do have to have pretty strict rules, which is fair enough, but surely if someone has tested positive and then is looking for a negative test, there has to be something written in there that allows them to do that. That, that makes very little sense. 
Well, up until this point, the only people that can do it are the people that work in healthcare. So because I don't right. work in healthcare, right. um, they're just kind of like, well, you don't meet the criteria. You've got no symptoms. You know, tests are short. Um, That's crazy. Although as of two days ago, I did hear. So one of the things is I also live in like one of Sydney's little hotspots. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> um, so they have kind of changed it um, in the last two days that they are a little bit more open to testing in that area because um, there's obviously quite a few more people in this area that are getting it as right. um, community-based. Yeah. So um, I actually spoke to my GP yesterday and she's actually going to write me a referral to one of the um, private ones. She said, don't even bother going to the hospital and everything like that because they are definitely more um, mm-hmm. stringent on the yeah. you have to have symptoms and all of that sort of stuff because, yeah. you know, they don't want to be – the hospital system can't be overrun testing people just because they need to go back to work, whereas the private sector, the ones that are actually set up just to do the testing, um, you've got a better chance at doing that. So she's actually sending me out a referral just in case I have any issues once I actually get to one of those and um, so that I can get tested so that I can go back to work. Till then, though, I'm just working from home. Thankfully, yeah. I have a job and that I, I can, can work – from home um but we also kind of have it in mind that it's not an overly bad idea that i do work from home just to give myself a little bit longer to make sure everything has passed because the last thing we also want is for me to go and get tested hoping it's negative and then it come back positive because then you're in quarantine yeah. for another two weeks um but also yes, you know, true. just kind of from a from a workplace perspective you've also then got the whole you know a team b team sort of rationale just that you know someone's off-site so that if it happens again which it completely could um that you know if that person who is in the office has to go into quarantine again i'm already out meaning that i could step back into the office and um i wouldn't have been affected yeah yeah that that makes sense and i mean the workplace itself would have had to be disinfected etc etc and we've seen that around you know schools and, and various places where you know, these occurrences have, have happened. Um, this is an amazing story, Belinda. I, I'm obviously so brave what you've been through and also to come on the podcast and tell, and tell everybody, tell our listeners about it. I just think it's incredible. Um, I'm glad that you've uh, fully recovered and I hope and um, I'm pretty sure it sounds like, you, you know, you've, you're past it and um, I'm, I'm confident that a negative result would occur <laughs> if you were given the opportunity, but please yeah, definitely hope so. <laughs> stay safe and, you know, take care of yourself and your family. And it's good that you can hug your, <laughs> hug your family members again. Yeah. That was pretty much the first thing that happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And of course I am your host, Paulie G. We'll be back again next week uh, with some more, um, information on all things coronavirus and COVID-19 with the Widline podcast. Bye for now.